You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Arn here on Westwood One. I know Arn and my family really appreciate all of your support. And we thank you for what you're doing over at adfreeshows.com. I got to tell you, between the podcast, doing bonus content for ad free, and now I'm sure you've heard the news, Arn just inked a brand new two year deal with AEW. He's been busier than ever during the pandemic. But all of a sudden, I'm busier than ever before helping listeners just like you save more money than they ever thought possible. Don't take my word for it. Just ask Craig in Wisconsin. He recently saved some money at SaveWithConrad.com, left us a five-star review, and he wrote this. The process of refinancing my home was as easy as it could be. Jimmy and the rest of the team were in constant communication with me, and I was never left wondering what my next steps would be. I shaved 13 years off of my loan. 13 years! I received a better rate and saved $110,000 over the life of the loan. I just want to say to Conrad and the entire crew, I love you. Listen, this is a real review. Craig is going to save more than $110,000, and you can do this too. And listen, it's not fancy to figure out how we're doing it. We reduced his term from 30 years. He was just two years into a 30-year loan, so he has 28 left. We found a way to make the payments affordable on a 15-year loan. In the process, we cut 13 years worth of unnecessary house payments off. Run the numbers yourself right now. Throw it in your calculator. You know you've got one. 13 years times 12 monthly payments a year. That's 156 payments. Now, what's your payment? You probably know it to the penny. He's going to save 110 grand. Find out how much money you can save right now for free. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time. But we can even help families with credit scores in the 500s. So what are you waiting for? Let us run the numbers. Find out how much money you can save for free right now at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention you get to skip your next two house payments? If you haven't already, you can skip your June and your July payment. You're done until August 1st. And oh, by the way, we're licensed in more than 40 states. So why wouldn't you do this? Get a quick quote right now at SaveWithConrad.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Arn with the Hall of Famer, the founder of the Four Horsemen, Double A, the enforcer himself, Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you, man? Doing great. Doing great. It's a beautiful day. Life is good. Haven't been thrown out of my house yet, so... <laughs> the the family has been very cordial where having me home for the first time is concerned so we're good we are good and we are glad that you guys are joining us here we uh, covered elimination chamber 2015 last week today we're giving you guys the keys to the show with another hashtag ask Arn anything We've had a lot of fun with these and if you want to participate in the next one well it's easy to do so just follow us on twitter at the Arn show I should also mention you can get these shows early and ad free over at adfreeshows.com. And there's tons of bonus content, including opportunities to do watch alongs with Arn during some of his most famous matches. Uh, later this month, we're going to watch him 
drop the TV title to renegade. I don't know why I'm punishing him, but I am, uh, join us in the fun over adfreeshows.com. Arn, we got hundreds of questions. There's no way we can get to them all. Let's try to take a stab at a few. Are you ready? Yeah. And you're a sick puppy for putting me through that renegade thing again. That's why. Well, you know what though? We started this whole thing off with a tag win. You and Tully winning the tag titles. And then I thought, well, Hey, the, the NWA, that would be your only world title shot. That's worth looking at. Not really remembering that. Oh shit. You didn't win that one. So I'm having you watch a match you're losing. And then I don't know. I just thought, well, it's the anniversary of him dropping the belt to renegade. Maybe we'll do that. But in hindsight, I agree. It's probably not the nicest thing I've done with you. And I'm sorry about that. Well, it's like you handed me a donut and then you handed me another donut from my other hand. And once my hands got full, you hit me in the knees with a ball bat. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's probably the best way to describe it. Pretty accurate, huh? Join us in all the fun donuts and kneecaps over at adfreeshows.com. Josh Kuhn wants to know, Arn never had a one-on-one match at WrestleMania. So fantasy booking, Arn is at WrestleMania in a one-on-one match for the very first time. Who would he choose as his opponent if he could choose anyone? Wow. Hmm. We can limit it to your era if you'd prefer. How about Ricky Steamboat? Uh, that would be a barn burner. And let me go another one because I always thought I could uh, do right by this guy and make him exactly who he is. What about The Undertaker? Oh, man. Well, that'd be fun. I mean, we got a tease of it, but you, uh, you spine busted his ass, and he's still probably looking for a choke slam somewhere. Buddy, I'd love to give him one. I'd love to go out and do about 15 minutes with him when back in the day when I was able. That would have been awesome. No doubt. Uh, Michael Eldridge wants to know, does Arn think Daniel Bryan, had he not suffered the serious injuries after WrestleMania 30, could have possibly been the next mega superstar for WWE like Hogan, Rock, Austin, or Cena? That's an interesting question because it does feel like they've been looking for the next Cena for a while. They had hoped maybe it would be Roman Reigns. I don't think that's yet to really happen, but it did feel like Brian had so much momentum going into WrestleMania 30 that if anybody was going to have a shot, maybe it was Daniel Bryan. What say you? The audience loves Daniel Bryan. I love Daniel Bryan because he's the guy that just won't quit. He won't stay down. And You know, the longer his matches go, and if you watch him very carefully, he's not just a smaller guy that that is just not staying down. He's an ass kicker. Daniel Bryan has some skills, and and from mat wrestling to coming across that ring and sticking a double drop kick in your nose, you know, coming off the top, you name it, he doesn't have any weaknesses. And... uh, He's a guy that if he would have never got injured, he was, you know, we're always going to get hurt. That's a different thing than being injured. But if he was able to keep the momentum of that first, yes, 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 chance, sky's the limit for him. Who knows how hot he could have got. It's something that uh, people will ask for a long, long time. I'm sure. Uh, Michael Eldridge also wants to know what were orange thoughts on the U S tag titles. You know, I've never really talked about this, but. 
uh, even once, I mean, before the buyout and then after the buyout with Turner, there's two sets of tag titles in the organization. There's, uh, the world tag team titles. And then there are the red strapped USA tag team titles. what do you think of the U S tag straps and the, the concept of having two sets of tag belts? Well, if I remember correctly, the midnight express were the recipients of those titles for a long time. Yeah. And when we shot the angle with them, I, th- I want to say Tully said, Hey, Cornette, you know, he asked for, you know, the only reason the midnight express hasn't beat the horseman is so we haven't had a chance at him yet or a crack at him or something like that. Something really, really good. And Tully turned around and said, Hey, be, just be happy with the U S titles. Don't, don't overreach your bounds. Now I'm paraphrasing, but something like that, which was a great launching pad for that angle. Right. Which would have been, as we know, huge had they done the right thing and we not left. Yeah, it is one of those major what ifs. I mean, I was actually just talking about that uh, with a banker buddy a couple of days ago that had you guys been able to work it out and stick around. You could have had a feud with the Midnights for a damn year, a year and a half. Oh my God. Yeah. You're not kidding. And, and it was, you know, the few couple of shots that we did have with those guys as we were building it and the build to it. You always hear me say the build to it. I mean, we, we get in arguments out there, you know, with, with Cornette and, and JJ getting into it and, and, uh, Tully insulting Bobby, me insulting Lane, careful to stay away from Bobby till we got to the proper point to where I just pretty much told the world, hey, Bobby, you know, we're best friends, but business is business. Zip it. Again, paraphrase it. And man, the people that did know that we were friends because they would see us traveling together. It just made for a real life story and a real life drama. And that's what sells tickets. And then you go out and you pay that match off in about 30 minutes with some excellent work rate. And those guys were all incredible workers. Every one of them. It was just, uh, it was a match made in, uh, in heaven, I guess it just didn't get to get to go to fruition. Let's, uh, let's do one more question for Michael Eldridge. Uh, he wants to know, did the horsemen ever pull ribs on each other? And if so, does Arn have any funny ones or maybe some that didn't go over so well? No, we didn't rib each other too much. You know, um, we're always concentrating on, cause we had so few hours in the day that were downtime. We were either concentrating on getting a meal or getting checked in the hotel or getting to the gym and we'll get to work and we would, uh, find out, you know, the lineup and see who was positioned where and what we had to do for the show that night. We're pretty much business all the time. There wasn't a lot of ribbing with us that went on. Josh Coon wants to know any good Indiana stories. We haven't talked a lot about, we get this question every time we post it. Hey, what's your favorite memory of Virginia or Florida or Georgia or whatever? What about Indiana though? Do you have any good Indiana stories? Indiana, I guess that would be Indianapolis. Yes, sir. Would be the big city we went to all the time. Um, I know that the, that they have an incredible fan base, which I found out more so working for WWE 
and WWF than NWA. They would fill those houses and uh, they had a huge fan base out there. And it was more of a, you know, everyday people, a lot of farmers, a lot of that type industrial workers, you know, blue collar workers, which made for an incredible fan base for those live events. They were uh, very responsive and turned out and supported the business. Incredible. Let's uh, do another one here. Uh, this is from Owen. How is Vince McMahon when interacting with fans? Have you ever seen it? Does he take time to sign autographs or take pictures? This is something that we have gotten several different times because Vince McMahon in more recent years has become more of a recluse from fans or so it seems, um, he's just not one for big public appearances with WWE fans these days. Uh, obviously things are different right now during the pandemic, but we usually only see him on WWE TV. You don't usually, I mean, he's flying private and, uh, he's, you know, usually not staying in the town wherever shows are, he flies in and then flies home. So there's not a big opportunity for fans to get an interaction with him. Did you ever see it? And, and how did it go? <laughs> did you ask me, does he sign autographs and take pictures? That's the question from Owen. Hold on a second. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've never seen that. I'm pretty sure that's never happened and never will happen. He kind of functions in his own bubble. It could probably go something like this. Now, I'm not saying this is a bad thing. You judge it when I'm done. Got a gym in his house. Gets up very early in the morning, gets a workout, has a limo, pick him up, take him to the airport, walks up the steps to a private plane, flies to the town, gets in another limo, goes straight to the building, is walked straight into his office. From his office, he goes straight into the meeting room where he'll spend most of the afternoon. He'll go straight to Gorilla when it's time, Shows over, straight to another limo, straight to the private plane, next to the next town, straight to the uh, hotel that they're staying at, company hotel. And then about three or four in the morning, he'll go to the gym again, take the next morning repeat. And that's pretty much the day in the life of Vince McMahon, I think. From what I've gathered and heard, that's pretty accurate, so... That doesn't leave a lot of time for uh, autographs, pictures, handshaking, and thanks for coming. Mike G wants to know, how are referees selected for a specific match? Is that the agent's decisions? Do the boys make requests? Does the office decide? What's the process? Random. Never the same week to week. It's just... You know, uh, the referees are usually assigned by one of the referees and, uh, you know, or somebody in the past in talent relations has assigned the refs. It's, that's really a non-issue. They're all expected to be able to do their job at a high level. So whatever match they have, sometimes top talent taker, some of those guys will request a certain ref that they're familiar with, the Mike Kyoto, Chad Patton, or Charles Robinson that, that they're used to using and know what they're all about. 
you know, sometimes they will ask for those guys, which is accommodated, uh, but it's usually just random selection. The man writes in, what's your opinion of Otis winning the money in the bank match? Do you think it was good booking and how would you go forward with him? Well, number one, I would say, what's he got going on to land that Mandy Rose? <laughs> if he will spill the beans on that, he will be my hero forever. Uh, no, I think he's a character. You know, he reminds me of Ivan Putsky, and you and I are probably the only ones, Conrad, that remember that. Yeah, Ivan yep. was uh, he was a plug, man. Buddy, he was he was huge. Had that big sausage and those barrel chested, and uh, you immediately liked the guy. I think Otis is likable, you know, and he's a big, strong dude. His partner's very athletic. They're a good team. They do some creative stuff. So, I think he's going to have a pretty bright future. I would agree. Uh, Ralph writes in. I'll be honest. I never got Ricky Morton, but there was no denying how popular he was with fans. Were there ever any wrestlers that Arn didn't quote unquote get? but he couldn't really deny their popularity. Uh, well, number one, if you don't get Ricky Morton, it means you've never been to a live event. That's fair. And I would not to, to be disrespectful to our, our gentleman that, uh, made the statement. Let me just say this. If you weren't a fan of Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson, you had to go to a live event where 30 minutes was dedicated into convincing you that whether it was Ole and I or Tully and I or the Midnight Express or the Russians or whoever the team they were fighting not only had size and strength advantage over those guys, but the rock and roll was going to take a beating that night. That was the first story that was going to be told. And the second story was going to be told these guys would not quit. They would not stay down and you were going to have to kill them to beat them. And they just drove the admiration of the fans and even the guys that, that didn't like them because their girlfriend was squealing next to them, looking at those guys come to the ring and during the match, once they got past that and they saw Ricky Morton could outsell anybody that I've ever seen in this business. And he would have grandmothers hitting you with canes. He would have guys and, you know, throwing liquor bottles at you. Kids, 12 year old, were trying to come over the rail to beat you up. He would incite a riot just selling. And he was special in that regard. Although there's been a lot of guys that could sell and that were very good at it. No one was better than Ricky Morton, and uh, the fans just loved him. Was there a performer that you didn't get? Like, you don't understand why he's over, but you can't deny that he is? Oh, let's see. I don't know, because I, I was, I've always kind of been of the proponent, you never know what's going to get over. Right. And Santino Morello is one of the ones that I use when I talk about this. You just never know what's going to catch on. And he went from being a Russian badass to Santino Morello, the lovable goof. And the audience loved him. And the first time I saw that character once or twice, I was trying to find a, a, a rope to hang myself. 
but I watched it about a third time and I, and I found myself laughing my ass off and I looked around the arena and they were laughing their ass off, but not in a bad way. They were laughing with him, not at him. And a character was born and man, he, he had control of that character. It was, it was awesome. It was a great part of the show. It was, you talking about a let me up part of the show. That was it. All right, listen up, you filthy animals. We have got a new product alert for manscaped.com. They have just released the weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, you nasty bastard. And I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean shaven pubes. And here's the deal. We all know this is part of getting older. I'll never forget as a little kid, I saw my grandfather. Man, that bastard had crazy nose hair. Well, that's you now, buddy. It's taken over your life as we get older. I didn't even think I was capable of growing ear hair. And then like 10 years ago, it started showing up. And now it is a near daily battle until I got the new weed whacker. And by the way, once upon a time, I used to try to pluck these things out of your nose. Buddy, it's going to look like you just watched Ric Flair's retirement match. You don't want to do that. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with this new weed whacker. The nose and ear hair trimmer provides that same proprietary skin safe technology, which is going to help prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those oh so delicate holes. The premium Manscaped weed whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor, a 360 degree rotary dual blade system. Oh, and it's also worth mentioning that. It's intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience. And oh, by the way, it's waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. We should mention it's the only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium ion battery. That's going to last up to 90 minutes of use. And dude, if you got an hour and a half of your hair, you got major problems. Have you ever pulled a nose out of your hair with your fingers? I mean, dude, that, that hurts worse than nicking your sack me. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. And yes, you get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Listen up, fellas. 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. I don't know what makes them want to do stuff, but I know what makes them not want to. And it's your nasty ass nose hair. It's time to get it under control. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine. It's time to get a weed whacker. And right now you can get 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code ARN at manscaped.com. Thank you, manscaped.com, for keeping our pubes trimmed and our hairs and our holes looking nice. Get 20% off and free shipping with that promo code ARN, A-R-N, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. All you've got to do is use the promo code ARN. So what are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds with a new weed whacker from manscaped.com. Interesting question here from Tim, and this has been discussed in various forms over the years. Do you think Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair would be over if they debuted on today's wrestling scene? I guess that's open to interpretation too, Arn, because on the one hand you could say, is the question 
could they take their eighties persona and plop it in today's, uh, wrestling scene and get over with it? Or are those guys able to pivot to whatever the latest and greatest is? Could they have adjusted their character as we saw Hulk Hogan did over time in order to, uh, sort of fit in today's wrestling scene? I think Rick would would come closer to fitting in immediately just because, and we're talking, you know, just action, you right. know, the upside down bump, the 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 level of activity during his match, and you know, start and stop and falling on his nose, whatever the deal was, attacking with those chops, it was a more wide open style which might fit better today. I think if Hogan, you know, he worked very strong, you know, in the hulking up and and limited offensive moves and all that, I think they would probably maybe see through that a little bit and want more. Does that make sense? Yes. Maybe more offense from Hulk? Mm-hmm. That would just be a guess. No, I think that's fair. Uh, this is a fun one that you and I can have fun with. The Italian truth wants to know who had better food. Of course, he's talking about catering WCW or WWE. Oh God, WWE. I never saw WCWs, <laughs> but it'd be hard to beat WWEs. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was not great. The catering, you know, but again, and I have to answer all these questions based on my own personal right. schedule. I wouldn't eat past about three o'clock because I just have a slow metabolism, obviously, by looking at me. And uh, I wouldn't eat past then. And that was normally when guys would be eating. You know, we would start about 7.30 or so taping the sessions, uh, the, the TV show. So I wouldn't eat. I wouldn't spend that much time really looking at catering. There would be occasional times I would go down if I wasn't going to be wrestling on the show. But WWE fed you like a king. No complaints there. And the the lady that was in charge of all that, really a sweetheart. Um, And they spared no expense. Food was excellent. And they kept it out probably from noon until about 8 o'clock at night. So they spared no expense on on the grub. I think uh, it's a Dega catering, right, DEGA? Yeah, the lady was from up in up north somewhere like um, gosh, I mean way up north. I wish I could remember her name cuz she was so sweet. But uh, yeah, it was her company and she did a great job. I mean. Is her name Jen? Jen, I think. I think that's exactly right. Yeah, I, I met her a few times. She is a nice lady. Yeah, she is. Sure is. And she took care of us, man. The food was excellent. Jimmy Snooker writes uh, if you and your, and your partner Tully had stayed with the WWF and McMahon did what he always did and eventually split you guys up, who would have been the one to turn face? That is sort of hard to imagine, Arn, a baby face Tully Blanchard. I mean, by default, it's gotta be you, right? Probably. And I hate to even say that. <laughs> I just don't know that Tully has it in him. It's weird because the first time I met Tully in real life, like. I don't know. It's remarkable. I, I claim to be a quote unquote smart fan. And then you meet Tully Blanchard in real life and he's the nicest guy ever, but you really want him to still be the asshole from TV. And that's just not him in real life, at least now in 2020. Yeah. I mean, when, you know, Tully got heat, he got the heat for the team, 
you know, some people hated me, but by and large, for some crazy reason, people liked me. And I don't know, I didn't do anything to cause it, but Tully was universally disliked. He was such an asshole. He just carried himself with, with so cocky everywhere he went. And it just, that's the perception people had of him. Rich has a fun question that I'm sure you heard about and you're going to give him some shit about. He says, besides himself, who does double a think had the best spine buster triple H Batista Rhino Bobby rude or Tony Schiavone when he ran AEW's rental car into the fucking wall. Tony doesn't have the best anything. (laughs) Did you hear that he wrecked his AEW rental car? No. When? Just now, like uh, a week ago when he, he, uh, he picked up our old pal, good old Jim Ross at the Atlanta airport, trucked him down to Jacksonville for you guys tapings. And then when he returned home somewhere along the way, he managed to run that Tahoe or Yukon or whatever it was into an inanimate object. He hit a wall and, uh, I only know that because my wife saw the vehicle and was like, Tony, what happened? And he just sort of shrugged and said, I ran into a wall very flippantly. I just ran into a wall. And I said, Hey, hypothetically, Megan, was that a Ford Explorer? She's like, no, it was like a Yukon or a Tahoe. And then I just, boy, I just laid into his ass because, you know, he claims to be this great wheel man and he had rental cars from Turner from what? 90 until 2001. So we're talking 11 years worth. Not one accident filed for Turner rents an AEW rental car. One time hits a fucking wall. Was this daytime driving or nighttime driving daytime driving? This is not a grandpa excuse. I don't want to hear no stigmatism bullshit. He hit a wall in the middle of the day, which meant he went back after the show, got a good night's sleep, woke up. I probably had a little breakfast, a little coffee, and he took off on his journey. Yes. To Atlanta. So yeah. he's wide awake. Yes. It would indicate to me, number one, if he had a big ass full size SUV like Suburban Tahoe or something, that the little short some bitch wasn't tall enough to see over the steering wheel to begin <laughs> with. That's what they should have did. They should have given him some phone books when he rented the damn thing. He'd have been fine. Or a cement block, something. <laughs> he should have had the window down, which is a fail safe. Sure. And at his age, it's a miracle he got out of the city limits of Jacksonville without wrecking. I agree. And this Mr. Magoo like, but that's the thing. These new rental cars, they've all got backup cameras. They've all got parking sensors. This is not shit you had in 1990. And he managed to avoid any sort of collision. But now, now that he's got that sweet, sweet Tony Khan money, he's just playing fucking demolition derby up and down the damn interstate. To be truthful to your, per your point, he is so happy to be working with Tony and working for Tony as am I, he was probably just traveling alone, whistling, having a good time, not paying attention what happened. And the reality is he should probably be in a big yellow dump truck with flashing lights. So everybody (laughs) can get out of his way. You know, what's great is he hates guys in these big trucks because you know, for years he had that. That little baby BMW convertible, I forget, like a Z4 or something, but the real tiny one. And he just hates truckers and anybody who drives trucks. And then, of course, when he needs to rent a car to pick up JR, he gets the damn biggest thing they got, like a Tahoe or a Yuka. 
damn hypocrite. I can't drive worth a shit. Tony Schiavone's a nothing happening son of a bitch. Only because he's got no road skills, but I love him. We should probably just send a car to get him every week. Yeah, that's it. Treat him like the big star. Just get him in a car service. I like it. Yeah, because we do have to have him. Oh, he's tremendous. And I'm glad he's back in wrestling. You know, it's funny because he thought when he and I first started the podcast that, you know, wrestling fans hated him and that wrestling was done with him. And now he's back and having more fun than ever. And by the way, Arn and I are two of Tony's best friends. This is called giving him shit. This is what you do with your friends. We're glad he's okay. Did you hear Lois broke her arm though? Yeah. And I questioned him on that right away. I said, I just want to know one thing. Now, did you push her to do this? And she just agreed. And this happened because that would have been a bad deal. Oh yeah. He said, no, no, no. She wanted to do it. And I said, okay, so you're safe. And, uh, bless her heart. She broke her upper arm and, uh, Tony had to go to work. And I think he said he had a couple of the nieces come in for the hot tag and help her while he was gone. So let's hope Lois is feeling better and is going to get healed up. If for no other reason to clothesline Tony with that bad arm. Oh yeah. I like that. Now that she's got the cast on it, it's a full blown gimmick. She's got a weapon now. It just needs a few weeks to start to go together and boom. I'm going to tell you what, if she has to have some sort of surgery and they put a metal plate in there, it's over for Tony. He's never going over again at his house. He's never went over anyway. No matter what he tells you. That's true. By the way, we do have some hilarious shirts for that over at uh, lowestrules.com. We've got a Shivani body shop shirt that says we're who you call when you hit a wall. Uh, we've also got Tony dressed up like a crash test dummy and it says crash test Tony. But my favorite is a drawing of a bicycle and in the old Wahoo McDaniel style font, it says, I broke Lois's arm. That's over. (laughs) (laughs) That's over at LoisRules.com. But we should mention, you've got a ton of new shirts over at orangeshirts.com, including one from. Uh, you had a, a pretty famous quote at the most recent AEW pay-per-view toilets don't hit back. And I think, uh, around Thanksgiving, that one's going to be a hit toilets <laughs> don't hit back. And we've got starburst pigeon, a fun little caricature drawing of you, a really nice, almost pencil sketch, AWO, the Arn world order, the enforcer house and the waffle house style shirt. Uh, I worked hard for this body in the old school iron on looking letters. Uh, fat tan looks better or fat looks better. Tan, uh, the rat patrol shirt, your favorite, the Whataburger inspired wrestling shirt, man. There's so many fun shirts over at orange What are you and, uh, and the sun sporting the most around Charlotte these days? Well, number one, thanks for everybody enjoying them. You know, a lot of them are just meant to be fun. That's all they are. That's what t-shirts are anyway. We just got a new order, thanks to Pro Wrestling Tees, of the Zeppelin-based T-shirt. It's like the Led Zeppelin uh, gimmick, which the the boys jumped on that. And uh, that's the main one that we're working on right now. So, By the way, not only is it Zeppelin-inspired, it's got the Zeppelin font. And then below it, Spinebuster of the Gods. Go check them all out at arnshirts.com. Uh, Bart has an interesting question. You and I've never talked about does Arn own any of his action figures. Do you have any Arn Anderson figures at uh, Casa de Anderson? God, I think maybe I have the set, 
with all of us. And maybe the original Galoob, a couple of those. I may have three or four. The old school Just, Galoob one I grew up on. And uh, a few years ago, I think it was my, I don't know, one of my friends got me all the originals, like still in the package, which was cool of the four horsemen. But it was funny because we heard Tony Schiavone talk about your first Galoob figure, and he would describe it as having what he called a flesh colored yarmulke. <laughs> yes he finally got one right <laughs> now my opinion is the people that make these action figures aren't they supposed to take whatever body you have and make it look a little bit better i think the goal is to enhance it yeah i mean i see lots of guys their action figure has more way more muscles than perhaps the real life version but for you they went the other way yeah, it's a shit body. <laughs> and my hairdo is hollowed out on top like a human coconut. It is not attractive. Good stuff. Uh, Robert wants to know, have you watched any of The Undertaker's Last Ride documentary on the WWE Network? And if so, what are your thoughts? Haven't seen it yet, but I look forward to seeing it. Uh been down in Florida, Jacksonville for about 10 days, so... Uh, I'm going to get around to it. Uh, look forward to it. It's got to be a hell of a story. Mayhem writes in out of all the great wrestlers telling stories in the car or backstage, who do you think was one of the best storytellers? Someone who always had a story to tell. Dick Murdoch. I was a huge fan of Dick Murdoch. He was a man. What a fun guy. And he was one of those guys that did. He looked like big bird. He did not have a great body. That's the reason I like riding with him. I felt good about myself with Dickie sitting next to me. We both looked terrible. <clears throat> so he would tell some of the, uh, you know, the stories about the old guys, you know, and Dusty and Wahoo and all those guys. And, man, I would just be mesmerized. And he would sit there with a case of beer. He didn't even need a cooler. He would just go in, buy a case of beer, sit it between his legs, and he would start drinking and throwing the cans out the field, uh, which is littering, obviously, and probably not the right thing to do. But he did it anyway, and he would drink them and chunk the empties. And by the time the trip was over, if it was three hours or so, he would have that whole case drank, and uh, his demeanor never changed. He would always be laughing, and uh, he was just fun to be around couple of fun ones here that we've never talked about. Uh, smash wants to know you've had some memorable matches with mad dog, buzz Sawyer. I'm a big fan of both of your in ring work. Do you have any good buzz Sawyer stories? Bud Sawyer was a character, man. Do you have any good buzz stories? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, buzz was, I hate to speak ill of the dead, but buzz was, buzz was not a world-class person uh buzz had a mean streak and uh i worked a program with buzz when we were down in atlanta and uh Oli and i had been sent down in an 85 to work with buzz and dick slater and some of those guys and uh, his little brother brett sawyer 
And then that morphed into, because Ole wasn't wanting to work that much, to a single match with Buzz and I. And Buzz was one of those guys that I don't think he felt I was ready for my position with the company. And he he held it against me. And uh, Buzz would try you. I think Buzz was half-ass tough. You know, he's a good amateur wrestler. And uh, he would try you. He would test you. And uh, we had a match somewhere in Michigan. And uh, we got rolling and we spilled to the outside. And I got used to Buzz hitting me hard, like forearm behind the neck or on the back or in the chest. That was, that was a non-issue. Flippers, you know, some of the kicks were stiff. But we went out to the outside. And other than pick me up like a bear hug and run me into the pole where we're parallel to each other, he grabbed me like making a cross with my body and my back facing the post. And he ran me into the post and I thought he broke my back. Oh, I mean, bad. And he rolled me in and I was just trying to figure out if I was hurt or not. And, uh, he picked me up and he hit me with a straight knee right in the solar plexus. So back to back knocked the breath out of me. And I thought that one corrected, you know, I thought it cracked my sternum. And I said, Buzz, easy. And he made the mistake of calling reverse the turnbuckle. And uh, he ate the turnbuckle and sat down in that corner. And I just kicked all his teeth out. It just... It may seem like a cheap shot to do, but I warned him twice. It hurt me. I think he had a bridge in the front, and it just shattered his bridge and and chipped three of his bottom teeth pretty bad. Um, Match finished. We come back to the locker room. I come back first, uh, and I just started moving furniture out of the way over by my bag. I I knew we were fixing to get in a fist fight. No question. And... Apparently, he uh, went into his locker room, got his bag, and left. Went to a dentist. Uh, I think we were off after that shot for a few days, and next time I saw him, he had his teeth fixed. But I remember looking down and just seeing all of his teeth were gone on top. A couple of them were broke off in half at the bottom, and uh, he never said a word about it. Never mentioned it. I never brought it up. I never had another issue with him. And uh, it's just one of those things that sometimes in this business, things go on in the ring that no one ever sees that you just have to correct. You have to correct it yourself um, because you're the only one that can do it. And in those days, guys would try you and test you. And uh, it was up to you to, to stand your ground and stand up for yourself. And, I'm a little embarrassed telling the story because my theory has always been, which I was taught, return a guy to his family the way you found him, not missing all his teeth. But uh, this time I think it was called for. He never brought it up? Never said a word. What would your family do with an extra $108,000? That's a problem that our listener Jacob out in Colorado has. Now, thanks to SaveWithConrad.com, 
He recently saved money with us over at SaveWithConrad.com, gave us a five-star review and wrote this. Our previous mortgage company made each step of the process difficult, but Jimmy took it in stride and made it happen. He was able to lock us in at one and a half percent less than we were at and saved us $108,000 over the life of the loan. Guys, that's unbelievable. Jacob saved more than 108 grand, but how much can you save? It's free to find out right now. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And if we can't save you money, we won't waste your time. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. And oh, by the way, did we mention no house payments for two months? And we're licensed in more than 40 states. So what are you waiting for? Start saving money today at SaveWithConrad.com. Y'all wrestle again. Was there any uh, situation oh, yeah. next time y'all yep. were in the ring? It was just business as usual. Yep. Next time it was fifty percent uh, more manageable, probably. I mean, he was killing me, and the guy could have killed me if he'd wanted to. You know, he was strong. You know, and he—I I think he was proving a point, or trying to prove a point to me, or testing me, or finding out where my head was at, or. In his mind, did I deserve to be in that spot? Because he worked stiff with everybody. Right. This was at a different level because of the placement. And you feel like you sort of um, maybe uh, maybe not earned his respect, but he certainly respected that you stood up for yourself. I'm not a tough guy, and in this business of tough guys, there are several really tough guys and probably a lot of guys that are really tough that you had no idea they were that tough. I think he was, he was probably just trying to figure out if he could bully me. Was I going to stand up for myself? And, uh, I think that was the question. Let's uh, try to lighten the mood. Kyle Antling wants to know, uh, who was the pickiest, pickiest eater in the business? Um, well, all the muscle heads, which used to really tickle the shit out of me, it was like Bagwell and some of those guys, right. <clears throat> I'm sure Scott Steiner, Scott Steiner brought a dozen eggs and boiled them in the locker room every single night and would just eat the egg whites. And obviously you are what you eat and the way you train and look at Scotty, the body that he got, but I heard stories, which was hilarious. Now, Midian and uh, Tex Slashinger. Remember those guys, right? Yeah, sure. So somehow Midian was traveling with Buff. Buff was in the front seat. Midian was behind him. I forget who was driving. They pulled in, got a bucket of chicken or something, whatever the deal was. Now, Buff's pulling the, the skin off the chicken and putting it in the bag, throwing it in the bag behind him and Midian's eating the yeah. skin off the chicken. <laughs> so he must have had like 20 pieces of just skin. Uh, when I heard that story, uh, I just died laughing. And uh, that's just one of the crazy things that guys did. They didn't think a thing about it. I'm sure there wasn't even a derogatory comment about it until Buff got to the to the locker room and had to tell the story. It's uh, it's funny that you bring up the bucket of chicken because uh, I've heard Rick 
uh, and people talk about Rick that sometimes after a show, you know, there's the old school way of doing things. And of course now we know, and you know, we're all doing better, but you shouldn't be drinking and driving, but guys would, you know, drive up and down the road and drink beer and, and throw the bottles at the, at the street signs. It's just what happened in the industry back then. And there should have been more, you know, fallout from that, but thankfully more often than not, everybody got where they needed to be. And one of the things guys would do when they're drinking beer is go get a bucket of chicken. And, uh, I've heard multiple people say that Rick would go through and say, give me 20 chicken breasts, but then only he'd pull the skin off of one and eat it. And then the rest just, it is what it is. He'd, he'd buy 20 and eat one. Did you, did you ever see Rick do any craziness where he's going to say, give me this left half of the menu to go have three bites. And that's a wrap. Now, you know, he overindulges in everything. Sure. Every aspect of his life is excess. That's one example. Ordering a tray full of kamikazes that yeah. had 25 kamikazes on it and him drinking one. <laughs> and giving the rest of them away so that he had everybody hammered around him and he could just sit there and laugh at him. You know, it was everything he did was to excess. But that's just, that's the way he is. And, you know, a lot of guys were that way. Now, you're talking about the drinking and driving and stuff. Back in the day, you know, I think we talked about everybody buying new cars and, you yeah. know, the parking lot looking yeah. like a, a luxury dealership. Well, yeah, buddy. I mean, we used to race coming back from towns like Greenwood and Greenville and stuff. You'd come up beside one of the guys. Now, Aaron had a, I bought her a uh, 300ZX Turbo Nissan 86 that would throw you in the back seat. I mean, that thing would scream. Occasionally, she would let me drive it, and I'd drive it to the town. It would have Barry and and his Porsche and, and Ricky Morton and that 900 Saab and guys in their Mercedes and stuff. We'd race up and down the highway because it was just us. Right. You know, Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday night at – at, at 12 o'clock at night, you're the only one on the road, on the highways. Right. And, man, we'd race and and just all kind of juvenile stupid shit. And, yes, there would be a few beers involved. But you didn't, you didn't overdo it because you did know that around some tr- bunch of trees off to the side, running those Carolina and Virginia towns, it, there would be a cop setting up in the woods. So you didn't overdo it, but. There was a few cold beverages drank along the way. Yeah, that's, uh, that was just the way of the world. Uh, Rajiv wants to know, how do you feel like you're adjusting to podcasting? That's a fun question. You and I haven't talked about on air, but for a long time, you sort of played everything very, very close to the vest and, and didn't really, uh, open up a lot. And I think when we announced our podcast here, a lot of folks feared that that's what you were going to do, but now we're several months into it. How are you liking what we're doing so far? This is a perfect segue to apologize for a couple of things. I know that I breathe in. <laughs> we and I, and, let me finish. Damn it. Cause this is going to be terrible. I know I do that. I'm conscious of it. It's just such a habit. I don't, I don't know why. I do have terrible sinuses. This is North Carolina, and the trees in my backyard are brutal. 
So I do have brutal sinus issues, um, but I'm trying to work on that stuff. And I'm trying to be honest and answer every question that you guys ask because I know that's what you want to hear. And I'm doing my best as far as the content, you know, and, and Conrad is great at asking some of the hard questions. And uh, he brings across a lot of the hard questions that you guys have. And it, it, it's taken me a little time to be able to react right on cue because I have to think about it a little bit. But it's the new me, and I know there are conflicting views about my era of the business and the business that is now and the Wild West show that is our business now. I'm just of this opinion. If if Tony Khan and AEW are good enough, along with Cody Rhodes, to have me continue in this business for some time into the future, if they trust me to be a part of that team, then I've got to be smart enough to amend my thinking and let it coincide with theirs because that's who I work for. I want to support all the things they do because I truly believe in the next decade, they're going to be the platinum show of this industry, no doubt. And that's just because of the leadership and the commitment to excellence of the talent. There's just going to be a few things that a couple of old-timers like myself and Dean and Billy Gunn and some of those guys are going to have to help them with. But they're well on their way, and uh, I'll try to get the other stuff right. Well, we're very appreciative that you've uh, adopted the the podcast and allowed it to be a part of your regular life because so many of us not only appreciate what you do on Wednesday nights, but we all sort of long for the business we grew up on. And, uh, I'm sure you hear that all the time. I mean, Tony Schiavone says all the time he has fans tell him, oh, you're the voice of my childhood. And you guys were, uh, were paving the way for us to be wrestling fans today. So it's fun to get to catch up with you now and get your perspective, not just on the good old days and the stuff we all grew up on back in your heyday, but talk about what's going on now and sort of draw parallels. And that's, uh, I don't know. It's been fun for me and I'm glad that you've entrusted me with the opportunity to do it with you. Cause I know it was a big deal to quote unquote, break kayfabe and, and do it like this. Well, I'm not sure that I would have done it if it wasn't for you. I trust you. I like you. Uh, I think what you've done for this industry too, Conrad, you should take a bow. Uh, this industry for the longest time, and thank God I had a job and I was part of it, but, you know, WWE was the only game in town, and a lot of people that shared my dream as a kid and a teenager and as an adult right up till today was not possible because there wasn't enough jobs to go around. AEW, I say, opened up the opportunity for all these other companies to not only flourish, and I'm talking about NWA, Ring of Honor, you know, New Japan, all these smaller companies, there's a resurgence. And the independents have a resurgence as a result of what Tony Khan has done. And he has, you know, given us another option, give us a different option, and allowed this business to grow and become whatever it's going to be in the next 10 years. But uh, I'm very thankful to be a part of that. Dustin Rhodes is, is a guy that is going to be invaluable, has a wealth of knowledge, you know, and having some of those veterans, Jerry Lynn backstage, my God, 
you know, it's just uh, DJ, the whole crew of just producers, you know, QT, all those guys that you're going to learn who they are and what they do and all those things. I'm just, it's a blessing to be a part of that company. And uh, going forward to Conrad, I just want to say that all you do with the StarCast stuff and these podcasts and, and you know, the T-shirts, all that stuff is because you brought my attention to it. You got me involved in it. And there is life after WWE, thank God. Absolutely. Very happy, very happy to say. Well, we're glad to have you here, man. Um, this is a, an interesting question that I've never really thought about from the Rosen coaster. To the best of my knowledge, I don't recall you ever wrestling Roddy Piper. Was there ever an opportunity? And if so, why didn't it come to be? Because he was a top, top guy and I was not. Really? You never had a match with him at all? No, or Jake. That's why this this confrontation I had with Jake just a you know, short time ago was so cool. I'd never been in any contact or in the ring with him, worked with him in any capacity. Uh, no angles, no nothing. It was all fresh and new. I respected what he brought to the table, you know, with his verbal skills. And I think that was one of those special nights that for me, it was special. He's a legend. He's a guy that uh, will be renowned in the history books as being one of the great minds and talkers in our business and a very good worker. So it was awesome for me. I had a blast. Big extra wants to know, Arn, when Bobby Heenan arrived in WCW, were there talks of having him manage you, Rick, or other wrestlers, maybe even recreate a WCW version of the Heenan family? Don't think Bobby wanted that. I'm sure that never came up. Bobby was so talented at everything he did. I think commentary was a perfect fit, which is a very difficult job. It really is. Um, and I think that was the only thing that he had in mind, and he was great at it. So I think managing wrestlers was probably the furthest thing from his mind. Mike G has an interesting question that you probably have a unique perspective on. Which current wrestlers would make great agents in the future? Let's think huh. about the WWE names for a minute too. So on that WWE roster, guys, you spent a lot of time with, who do you think that's a current wrestler there now would be a great agent? Uh, Daniel Bryan. Sure. Bob, Bobby Roode. Never happened, but edge. I would think, um, what about, um, uh, Sammy Zane? No. Why not? Uh, Sammy's a little too headstrong and Sammy, you know, he believes in himself, but he also believes in his ideas. And maybe it was just that I clashed with Sammy. Sammy and I clashed, you know, quite a few times over what he perceived to be small things, but I always believe that the small things are the big things. And, uh, when you've got to help a kid that's fresh from NXT or from somewhere else that comes onto the roster and you're faced with X number of minutes and this position on Raw or SmackDown, as the agent, it's your responsibility to make sure that match is good. And it reflects all the rules put in place by the boss, known or not known. Cardinal rules, some of them should be. And it, it, it takes involved, you know, you got to be involved with 
every little aspect of, of things that in the storytelling process make sense. But in the, in the course of that, you may get to gorilla and your six minutes just went to three. Now, are you qualified to tell that talent or those two talent or those four talent? You just lost three minutes. Here's what you got to take out. I mean, a lot of this, there's a lot more than just looking at a guy and going thumbs up or thumbs down six minutes. And that's the way it used to be when I wrestled there. That's the only information you got. Thumbs up, thumbs down, how long you had. A lot more involved. And I just don't think Sammy is going to be patient enough or or creative enough to be able to come up with with a story that's completely different than the one you've been talking about all day. Because you lose three minutes, less entrances, you don't have much time. And uh, you got to have some time for reactions after the match is over. It's, it's, a, it's a tough process sometimes. So, you know, he may fool me. I don't know. But uh, that's a very specialized field. And I think losing all those veteran producers like WW has done, they're going to miss a Fit Finley or a Mike Rotundo or a Dean Malenko. Somewhere down the road, they're going to figure out those guys aren't that easily replaced. About every other question this week, Arn, is about FTR. Uh, as soon as they debuted, it wasn't too terribly long, and a, a photo surfaced of you and Tully on the outside and uh, the former revival right smack dab in the middle. And people saw a very rare Arn Anderson smile. How happy are you that uh, one of your favorite tag teams is now a part of AEW? I think if you walk around backstage these days, you'll see me smiling quite a bit more. It's easy to smile when nobody's stepping on the back of your neck. Yeah. Um, those guys are the best of today. And I believe there was a time that Tully and I were the best of yesterday. And to be in that picture was surreal because it actually means something to the four of us. Those guys looked at us and they wanted to be like us and they copied our style and they updated it and upgraded it, made it their own and better because they're better athletes than we were. But uh, it's one of those things that there's a true admiration amongst the four of us. And I said it before, you haven't seen the best of these guys. You will shortly. Oh, Hey, real quick. I wanted to tell you what Matthew in Pennsylvania wrote. I had a great experience at SaveWithConrad.com. I worked with Derek and he quickly answered any questions I had being able to text him directly made things so much easier than having to wait on phone calls or schedule meetings at the bank. Being able to do everything from home was extremely convenient. I was in a tough spot with the pandemic going on, but it looks like everything is going to work out for me just in time. I would definitely recommend Conrad and his team to anyone looking for mortgage help. How can we help you? You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket, but you do need 10 minutes at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. We're licensed in more than 40 states, and you even get to skip your next two house payments at savewithconrad.com. A couple more, and then we'll wrap this one up. Big Extra wants to know, hey, Arn, were you on the infamous plane ride from hell? Uh, And if so, what did you think of the craziness that took place? Well, I guess I probably made the mistake of 
being in an area of the plane where that wasn't going on and being asleep. Um, had earplugs in. I think I had had a boggin pulled over my head or something or, or a mask or something because it had been a really a long tour. But, I mean, I could hear all the ruckus and all the goings on, but I wasn't involved in it uh, personally. I was back there asleep, which was probably a mistake since I was an agent. Uh, I should have been up there trying to do something. I don't know what I could have done to reel it in because that was just was out of control. And it was one of the wildest things, I guess, that, you know, for everything from Brock Lesnar and Kurt going at it to people poking holes in the, the cases of water that were in the overheads and them draining down through the cracks on people's head. It was, oh. yeah, it was while somebody got their hair cut. I don't know if they ever found out who did that or not, but that was pretty malicious when you got a long ponytail and somebody uh, snips her off. Was, but, uh, of course, we're talking about do, 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 but I believe that cutting his ponytail was as easy as one, two, three, right? Well, they said it was one snap with a pair of scissors and, and that's it. I know that when we got in line, when we landed at, at, at like one of the connections, and we got in line to go through uh, security. Michael Hayes was livid, and he was basically walking the line, cussing everybody in line up. He was pissed, as you could imagine he would have been. Yeah, that's... uh, By the way, we did cover that topic uh, over at adfreeshows.com. Jim Ross was on that plane, and... Unfortunately, he had to uh, be the guy to let some people go when they landed. And he has a great line in that show over at adfreeshows.com. He says, you know, Mr. Perfect had a job when that plane took off. Um, you gotta go hear it. Adfreeshows.com. Mark in Dryden wants to know what are Arn's thoughts on the Jeff Hardy drunk driving angle from the very recent SmackDown just a couple of weeks ago. Now, Arn, it was a pretty controversial topic. It took over Twitter for the evening whether or not they should have had uh, a whole quote unquote storyline based around the reality of Jeff Hardy having some substance troubles at different points in his life. Did you see it? what do you think? What can you tell us about your take on bringing a real life situation and putting it on screen? Well, I was talking to Matt the other night, um, at TV. And uh, I just asked how Jeff was doing. You know, I was trying to catch up with Matt and everything. And uh, he just said that so far, you know, everything was going well. He had just started back. He, he felt good. He didn't mention any of this stuff, which leads me to believe that this occurred after that conversation. Yeah, probably. As far as when the angle aired. Um Here's a guy that's had a lot of problems in his life, and Jeff Hardy is an incredible performer and an incredible human being. He wouldn't hurt a fly, you know, and and he's a star. And he has his demons just like we all have them. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's probably caused some sleepless nights at his house, and uh, it's a real serious issue. And to put it on television and make fun of it, and just, you know, turn it into an angle and poke fun of it. Where's the payoff? Right. What do you, what are you going to accuse, you know, at the end of the rainbow, 
what are you going to do? You're going to fill some houses up with that? Or are you just reminding people, you know, here's a guy that's obviously worked hard to kick, you know, kick his demons out of his life, you know, and he's doing 100 percent better. I think you just support that and you certainly don't turn it into an angle. I just I don't see where that's going to pay off anything. Yeah, listen, it was pretty uh, heavily criticized online. Uh, let's do one last one. Uh, this has been uh, one of the most talked about things on our show, but I don't think we've gotten this deep with it. Patrick Samples wants to know, how was the Spinebuster spot with The Undertaker at WrestleMania 18 planned out? Whose idea was it? That is, that's something that we get a lot. Like, who comes up with these ideas? Do you remember who first presented the idea of a Spinebuster for The Undertaker? You know, I don't, you know, I really don't. And, um, I'm embarrassed to say, cause it was probably the biggest moment of my career, but we had a couple of weeks of where undertaker beat me up, like in the aisle, like I was doing my agent job and I went down to, to like get, you know, one of the talent and help him back as he was having his entrance. And we just happened to cross paths and he doubled back and busted me open, threw me in the ring. And there was a couple of show buildup to this. And I just thought, you know, hey, Rick would, Rick would have the match with him. And, uh, and that would be that. And Undertaker would do what he should do. He would go over. And uh, that was the end of it. And then that day they said, which, which leads me to believe it could have been The Undertaker. They said, we got a good idea for the match. What do you think about this? Can you still do that? Da, 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 da. And I said, I damn sure can. And if I can't right now, but by the time we get to showtime, I'll be able to. Um, because it was such a rare situation to have Rick and I, me helping him in a match of that magnitude and sticking Undertaker with, with that spine buster had that been another talent and the streak not been on the line they would have bought that just because it was set up the right way um and man i'll never forget that pop i just i kind of snuck down there by side ramp nobody even saw me until i was there so it just appeared like i popped in the screen i just appeared there and uh when i hit that spine buster man i'll never forget that crowd rolled out head taker kicked out came out busted me open threw me in the ring beat me up bloodied me up like he should have left me laying hit the one two three on rick left him laying and things were all good in uh wrestlemania but it was such an honor and it was just to be able to do that much in a match with him i was very honored to be there way cool Let's do three more quick ones. Then we'll uh, wrap up today's episode late to the nitro party wants to know who's the worst wheelman in wrestling, not named Tony Schiavone. Now, Dustin Rhodes is not good. <laughs> or he used to then be, he had a real nice red four wheel drive truck. And a couple times I rode with him. And one time I'm riding with him down to Macon. Now, from the airport in Atlanta, that's just a straight shot down 75. And if you time it the right day, once you clear Atlanta, it's there's nobody on the road. If it's, say, it's 4 o'clock, 3.30, 
Nobody on 75 South. So I'm with Dustin. It's just me and him in his truck, and we're riding. And I look probably a mile ahead of me. There's a truck in the right-hand lane and nothing in the left-hand lane. And Dustin, he's doing 75, 80, and we're getting closer to that truck, getting closer to that truck, getting closer. And I'm looking in the left lane. There's still nothing there. There's no reason he can't just do what you do change to the left lane, go around, get in the right lane, and keep rolling. But he is heading right for this guy's rear end. I'm not saying nothing. I'm not saying nothing. We get maybe 15 yards doing 75 behind his truck, and he just hard left, right around the truck, hard right. Almost took his bumper off the front. No reason, no reason, no rhyme. He could have very easily, if if he would have blinked or sneezed or something, rear-ended the guy, and there's nobody within 10 miles of us. That's pretty rotten. Yes, it is. Michael Hayes is not a good one either, by the way. He drives? I've seen it. I've been in the car with him, and uh, I'm not Catholic, but... You couldn't have told the way I was making the old cross. Yeah. Okay. Then Mr. America wants to know what age did Arn smarten up his sons to the business? Did they receive any grief at school for being the sons of a dastardly heel? Uh, I never did smarten them up until about my youngest one. I never did smarten up the old one. Guess he figured it out on his own. Um, and the young one, Brock, probably, oh gosh, maybe six years ago. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you how it happened, which is really nuts. So we're riding somewhere in the car. I think might've been going to the gym and he goes, he goes, you know, does, does Taker and Kane, you know, do they, uh, they ride together? Well, I don't know. I guess sometimes. Well, do they talk to each other? Well, yeah, I guess. And he asked some other question, and I gave him some flippant answer, not knowing he is getting hot. He said, well, they're brothers, ain't they? I said, no, kayfabe. He got so mad at me, he was so let down, he blew a gasket. Um, so that's how he found out. That's tremendous. Last one. This is from Mike. He says, I believe I've heard Eric, Tony, Jr. And even Bruce do it, but I gotta know, does Arn have a Jim Barnett impression? Oh my God. Arn, what do you think of Alex dancing? pretty solid my friend over the years we've heard a lot about uh how jim thought that alex wright was going to be the next big superstar and well lots of other stories as well about one of the uh most important figures in the history of wrestling mr jim barnett but that's going to wrap up this week's episode of hashtag ask Arn anything next week we'll be back with fatal four-way 2010 uh i can't wait for us to break this one down i really enjoy talking more modern wwe with you uh this one went down june 20th 2019 we'll be back with you on the 19th to do that one 
but you can also go ahead and uh, catch these shows early and ad free over at adfreeshows.com. The main event, as you might imagine, is a fatal four way match with Sheamus, John Cena, Edge, and Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. We've also got the Hart Dynasty taking on the Usos, and it's a mixed tag where Natalia and Tamina are involved. We've got The Miz and R Truth. We've got Rey Mysterio and Jack Swagger. Uh, also in there with Big Show and CM Punk and another fatal four way. And then there's one for the Divas Championship with Alicia Fox, Eve Torres, Gail Kim, and Maurice. Evan Bourne is working with Chris Jericho. Can't believe that one happened. And Kofi Kingston working with Drew McIntyre. Lots of meat on the bone next week when we break down Fatal 4-Way from June 20th, 2010. Check it out on the WWE Network and then listen to Arn and I here on Westwood One or grab the show early at adfreeshows.com. Until next week, he is at the Arn Show. I am at Hey Hey, it's Conrad, and we are out of time. We'll see you next week right here on Arn. Hello? Yes, good morning. Uh, is this Daniel? This is. Hey, Daniel, this is Dave Silva. I'm calling with Save with Conrad. How are you, my friend? Good. How are you doing? I've been telling you for a long time that SaveWithConrad.com can save you money, but don't take my word for it. So what made you come to Save with Conrad in the first place? Uh, I've heard the commercials a few times and uh, was looking to refinance anyway from a 30-year down to a 15-year. Ended up being a, a really good... Uh, Good money saver had gotten some quotes from some other lenders and um you know conrad and the guys over there just you know made the process so so easy very cool how was it working with steven and the team it was real real easy i mean uh the first time that i did my mortgage um there was all kinds of hoops and i had to chase down the, the guy that i was working with um but with you guys it was no problem whatsoever i could call I could email, um, but there really wasn't any need to. It was quick and seamless. Wonderful. Is there any way or anything that we can do to improve the process in the future? But honestly, it, it, was, it was so like, and I'm, it almost seems like it was too easy. <laughs> but do you do you know how much money we were able to save you on your refinance? Yeah, it, it was close to, if not over, a hundred thousand dollars. Wonderful. So what are you waiting for? Find out how much money you can save right now for free. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. Even credit scores in the 500s can be approved. And if we can't save you money, we won't waste your time. But because we're licensed in more than 40 states, we can help more families than ever before. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Oh, and did I mention you could skip your next two house payments? Hurry to SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders. Woo! John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together... It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on, right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra five to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B L E A V on YouTube or wherever you listen.